What's up, horror fam? You know what time it is. And today we're talking the Demon House. Let's, Let's get, get into this. this. Yeah. All right, all right. We're back. Way back. What's up, horror fammy? Yeah, check out the shirt. Horror fam. Sorry, guys. Well, bam. For those of you who can't see it, I'm wearing my horror, my horror fam shirt, which you can pick up at Public. Might as well jump right into that, huh? Tpublic.com. Tpublic.com, guys. Uh, yeah, welcome to Horror Comics Podcast, guys. Your favorite podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me, as always, are my two creepy-ass co-hosts. <laughs> that creepy fuck you just heard, JT. What up, everybody? That guy right there. Yeah, and then that, well, I better keep it to myself. <laughs> Our mistress of the macabre is here, Breezy. What's up, guys? So, yeah, guys, as you heard, we're going to be talking about Demon House. The Demon House. But first... We're going to do a little bit of business. So, if you're just listening to this on Spotify or iTunes or Stitch or wherever, and you're not following us on Facebook, guys, jump over to the Facebook page and check us out. Um, we have a live show the last Saturday of the month. and um, last Saturday. It's yeah. a good time, for sure. It is. We always have a good time. Mm-hmm. Good combos. So, yeah, guys. Um, and we, we're pretty active on the page. That's a good way to get a hold of us. You can send us some DMs there. Keep your nudes to yourself. No, yeah, I want to see these. But yeah, guys, uh, you know that's a good way to get a hold of us. Plus, we put a lot of info out there. You can also find us on YouTube. We got some exciting stuff coming down the pipe for that. So uh, stay tuned. And if you're not on our YouTube page, come check it out. Make sure you subscribe and like and share and tell everybody what's up. And where can they find our merch? Even though we already mentioned it, that's tpublic.com, guys. Check it out. We got a couple. Pretty a good amount of different yeah variations and stuff. Yeah, stuff, yeah. we'll come sure. up with some more down the line, but uh, you know we're gonna rock some. I got my horror fam shirt on for those of you who can see. Yeah, and here's another selection right here, guys. Yeah, yeah, and then here's one. Hey. No, wait, never mind. I'm not wearing one. <laughs> but I didn't uh, get the memo. Yeah, maybe my memo. Uh, <laughs> and where else can they find us? Uh, Mr. JT, why are you over there token on your toker? Token. You can find us every Friday night, 9 Central, 10 Eastern, on craniumradio.com. Craniumradio.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you don't have to listen to Cranium just for us. Craniumradio.com is a independent station. They play a lot of metal. They've got some killer DJs. I mean, if you're looking for some good music, go over to craniumradio.com. Cranium, guys. Check it out. Um... So, yeah, that's the business, really, guys. Um, a lot of good stuff coming down the line. Um, be sure to check us out on YouTube for sure and check us out on Facebook. So, as you heard, we're going to get into the creepiness now. We're talking about the Demon House. Yeah. <laughs> and more specifically, too, um, the case of the exorcism of Latoya Amons. Yes, the Amons hauntings. Which is, uh, this story is really fucking cool. It's. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, big time. For sure. Um, The amount of uh, people who actually seen things. Lots of witnesses. um, And not just, and when we talk about witnesses, guys, we're talking about people from like DFS. Legit police officers. Nurses, police officers. And it's it's a pretty cool ass story, you know. Um, Just talking about the police officers real quick. um, uh, Gary, uh, or Charles Austin... He was the captain 
of the Gary police at the time. And, uh, he's, uh, he even said that it was the like weirdest thing he's ever experienced in his life. Yeah. Um, and he was a, he's a 36 year veteran of the police department guys. He's an investigator. Um, you know, and at first he thought that this family was making all this shit up, you know, right, for right. money or whatnot till, you know, he started seeing the actual evidence and seeing things with his own eyes that, you know, made him, made him a believer. Basically is what he said. I'm a believer now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's hard to do with people, you know, when somebody's a skeptic, it, it's hard to turn them into a believer. They actually have to experience legit. something for it to, yeah. and you legit know, shit things. Yeah, and it's not just the fact that uh, he was a skeptic, too. It's the fact that he was a detective, and he's made right. made to think of things logically, so to speak, logically, you know, uh, the way... The proof. You should, yeah, sci- scientific proof, whatever you want to say, you know. But he's taught to find things that way. Right. And when you see things that you can't explain, it changes your whole damn perspective. You don't know what to think, you know. Right. So like you said, it's even harder for someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. um, but we'll get into a little bit of this, guys. Um, we're not uh, most of our info, just to cite our source here, is coming from the Indie Star, uh, USA Today. I'm gonna let you <laughs> attempt to say. Oh, the, 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 that's the pretty easy. Uh, there was a woman. Her name's Marissa Kwiatkowski. There it uh, is. She uh, <laughs> better, way better than I could do. Oh she yeah, is an investigative reporter. Uh, at the time, when this occurred, this was in 2012, uh, at the time she was working for the Indy Star. She now is an investigative reporter for USA Today. Hell yeah. That's awesome. So she's moved up a little bit. Oh, for sure. Um, but she wrote a fantastic article about this. And this article, uh, they really didn't know what to expect to come out of this. But once they released this report uh it exploded and there were people from all over the place coming to this little little house uh whoa where was it at it was uh 3801 carolyn avenue 3860 carolina Street. 3860 carolina avenue yep um once this report came out there were people just coming by this place in droves they wanted to see it yeah uh, very interesting um, yeah. family that was living here. Uh-huh. That, you uh-huh. know, it, I, we're going to get into it. It just, it's, it's a really cool story. And, it, and if this sounds familiar to you guys. I was going to say, there's a. Uh, there is a movie that came out called The Demon House. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll just throw this out there now. Uh, the house was actually purchased by Zach Baggins. Yeah. And uh, he did a thorough investigation of this place. Yeah, he did. And, uh, and uh, the movie's it. very interesting. <laughs> it's, a, it's a documentary style movie, and it's, it's actually really good. good. Oh yeah. yeah, it was very good. And, you know, as and most, I'm not a big Zach Baggins fan, but even I was. It, it kept me interested the whole movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would have to say so. Yeah, and a good one. And as you guys, you know, if you've seen that, or uh, you know. This uh, this place has a, had a had a hard ending. <laughs> yeah. He decided to tear it down. Yeah. So and he was it the steps, isn't that what he kept? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was the basement staircase. Yeah, he kept in in his haunted museum. But just, there's some interest there, and we'll get into that. Yeah, and um, it's pretty cool. Um, this story, man. 
like we said in the beginning, had a lot of witnesses and stuff. I mean, people, like we said, from child services to nurses, um, psychologists, um, I mean, police officers. This was an 800-page of records. Yeah. On yeah. this inc- incident, I guess you would say. Yeah. And, um, I, I mean, um, the article was really good. You guys should definitely go check it out. Like yeah. we said, it's in Indy Star. Um, go ahead. Were you going to say something? Uh, well, I was just going to say what's, what's really cool about the, the article when you read it now, you can actually go through and click on links and actually read the actual Transcript, reports yeah. from the police department and the, the different doctors. Yeah. And the record of when the the Catholic Church got involved and all There's that big stuff deal, is within I mean, this article. Very interesting yeah. stuff. And, you know, this story wound up turning into a few exorcisms. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, so you're dealing with the Amons family. And um, I believe it was a mother and a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a 12-year-old. And a 12-year-old. Yep. Yep. And every one of them end up being possessed. Yeah. Um, Latoya and Rosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it all started, like you see with most exorcisms or demons, flies. Yeah. Black flies. In December. In the middle of the winter. <laughs> so um, they, the family had stated that, you know, uh, it's in the middle of winter. And they're having these massive amounts of flies. Yeah, these swarms of black flies all uh, over their front porch. Um, and I believe it was her mother, right? Uh, Latoya's her, mother. Rosa. Rosa. Yeah, yeah, who said, you know, that they killed them and killed them and yeah, killed them. And they thought kept, they were they just kept killing them, back. but they, yeah. It's kept swarms. On, yeah. Kept on coming back. So they knew something wasn't right. And this family is super religious, I believe. From what I've read, uh, right. the family was pretty pretty damn religious. Um. So yeah, start off with the flies, you know, which is what you see in demonic usually, um, or what they say you see. Think about Amityville horror. Yes, yeah, that's a good yeah yeah. You know the they got the flies in that one room on the window mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, and then it kind of escalated from there. You know, it started off. Uh, they would say that they heard you know footsteps coming up the like the basement, the basement, yeah. the basement stairs, like clump like pretty heavy mm-hmm. footsteps mm-hmm. coming up the stairs and then they go to see um and nothing was there yeah you know they would also hear the basement door creak yep open. yeah and yeah that'd be so fucking cool yeah. <laughs> and, and at one point they even decided it, it was happening with such regularity that they decided that they were going to lock that basement door. Uh-huh. yeah and even after they locked the basement door they still would hear it creak open mm-hmm. it's freaking creepy yeah. I'm like, Pretty sign bizarre. me up. I want to. I want to be there. I want to see that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I believe it was Rosa, right? The mom who said that she had woke up one night and she had seen. Um, shadow. Yeah, a shadow. Go ahead, yeah. jump in there. Jump in there. Go in there, girl. Hop, hop in. No, uh, she saw a shadowy figure of a man pacing the living room. Mm. Yeah. She also found a butt, uh, a boot, a boot print, a boot, a wet, a boot, a wet boot print. print. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is pretty Creepy. crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, at this point in time, they know something's not right. And they're religious already, guys. Right. So they have already had this mindset, you know. And we talk about it on this podcast kind of often about how you can kind of create your own, 
you know, atmosphere out there. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Once you start feeding into it, mm-hmm. it feeds off that. Yeah. You know, all that energy. It's like so, hysteria. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, whenever, whenever I heard uh, her, one of the things that she ended up claiming that she ended up getting like what choked by an unknown force, mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. That's intense. Well, it get, there's, there's some crazy shit in the story, <laughs> so we're going to get into some of it. Mm-hmm. But like, so, and then um, it just keeps on going, guys. And this happens um, in front of a lot of people, mainly their family, but there were still quite a bit of people there. Now, not everyone in their family believed in this stuff, but some of them are believers now because of what they've seen. Uh, so... They were talking about how one night, about 2 a.m., normally everyone would be, you know, asleep by then, right? But they were actually, uh, someone had died recently, so they were with a bunch of family and friends, you know, at the house, mourning and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, they hear someone screaming, Mama, Mama, come here, you know, whatever. So they go into the room, and there's a, the 12-year-old is levitating off the bed. Like, come on, guys. Levitating. In front of everyone. Everyone. She is completely unconscious. Uh-huh. Right? So she's levitating. And her friends, everything, everyone's sitting there watching. And then she slowly goes toward a, back to the bed and then wakes up with no recollection, yeah, recollection of what happened. she has no idea what, that, what just happened. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, uh, they say that, that, kind of, that happens in, what was I? I was watching, oh, I was just watching that movie, um... Dark Skies. Yeah, oh, yeah that's a good movie. one. But they're talking... That, uh, Carrie Russell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, but we watched it last night. And uh, just speaking of that, guys, because on that movie, there's they, they have blackouts, and they don't know what happens. Like, uh, why am I in the kitchen? You know, why am I here? Why am I there? So she has no idea what the hell is going on. You know, she f- goes back to the bed after levitating, and is just like, uh, yeah, what happened? You know? <laughs> uh so they started surrounding the girl and praying and everything like that. And um, she woke up and didn't have a clue what the hell happened. So it keeps on going and it just gets worse and it gets worse. Anything else you guys want to talk about for no, while, while no, I'm here on this? Um, so a lot of the friends and family refused to come back. They would not step foot back in the home. And uh, like I was saying, guys, again, so this whole family's pretty religious. So a lot of the family members are like, I'm not going back in. There's something evil here, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and at one point they called the police. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, go ahead. Go they, on. they decided to call the police department, and they came out, and they checked out the house, and they listened to the story and couldn't find anything wrong. But, you know, of course, you know, you're calling the police about – a paranormal event it, at the time they described it as they've got an unknown intruder mm-hmm. in their house um so the police come out they check it out they can't find anything wrong no point of entry no nothing um they even had a dog there with them and the dog was going around the house and the dog even even the dog wasn't particularly interested in anything yeah, yeah. anything you know so, you know, the police department just kind of blew it off. Yeah. You know, they listened to her story, and they kind of separated them into different rooms. And, and like, they let LaToya tell her story and Rosa tell her story. And they even talked to the kids for a little bit and just, you know. 
Did the reports move on? I yeah, guess? yeah, yeah. They filed a report and, and moved on. And then they got the church involved. Well, right. Well, they called when, several churches. When, when she couldn't get the police to do anything, which, honestly, why would they? Yeah. I mean, you got to understand how the judicial system works. I mean, the, it, you can't... You can't call the police because you think your house is haunted. Yeah, well, not only that, we kind of you know. talked about this on the way over here talking about other things, but reality is reality. Right, right. What's a cop going to do? Exactly. You're going to arrest There's a ghost. There's so much they can do. I mean. You're going to arrest a ghost. arrest a ghost. You know what I'm saying? What's going to happen? You know? Call Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> but they, um, they got... They called Peter Venkman. Well, they got... Right. Yeah. <laughs> I need to watch that. <laughs> um, but no, they, uh, they got a hold of the church. And most church really wouldn't listen to him. And um, <laughs> this is, I, I got to mention this stuff because to me it's kind of weird. I've never heard this before. But uh, one of the uh, churches told them that the house was full of spirits and recommended that the house that the family cleaned the house with bleach and ammonia. Uh, yeah, I didn't. And then use oil to draw crosses. Olive oil at that. Uh, yeah, over the over the windows. Yeah, they wanted what they wanted her to do was to do to smear olive oil in the shape of crosses. Yeah. over all the doors and windows of the house. I have never in my life heard a church. Yeah, or ammonia and bleach. Like, what, yeah, what, what's that going to do? You want to clean your house, I guess. This yeah, but house I mean, is clean. Need to call the pine saw lady. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's just like, okay, I understand cleaning your house if that's what you're doing. But uh, what about getting rid of these fucking demons? Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for the pointer. Uh, Honey, good idea on the, on the beach, on the bleach. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, I'm looking to get rid of demons, motherfucker. The priest was like, damn, bitch, your house is dirty. Damn. Yeah, I start off with some damn bleach and ammonia first, bitch. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. <laughs> this family's nuts. But uh, so, you know, at the church's suggestion, uh, they did. She poured olive oil on her three children's hands and feet, then smeared oil in the shape of a cross on their foreheads. Um, now, that being said, we were joking around. Uh, she did say that... Um, once they did that stuff, it kind of stopped for a little bit, but then it came back. Right. But they also got a hold of a couple clairvoyants, which you always got to be leery of. <laughs> well, it yeah. depends on the clairvoyant. True. Um, True. You know, as I was reading through that, I was like, okay, who were the clairvoyants? Yeah. Did they, yeah. <laughs> they never told us. True. Was it the Warrens? It's exactly. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, we, we never found out. I can't wait to go into this to do the. Yeah, yeah. We are going to do an entire series, series on the yeah. Warrens. Uh, that's going to get interesting, and we're very one. excited about. Yeah, it. Yeah, that one's pissing people really off or one. making them happy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but uh, so yeah, they would talk to a couple clairvoyants, um, and one of them uh, said that the home was besieged by more than two hundred demons. demons. I'm going to say, look, Bo, that's if there's uh, two hundred demons, I'm out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The hole to hell. Um, and they said that uh, the Campbells, which was his, her mother, and the Amons said it made sense because of uh, their religious background that uh, the the demons were what was affecting them because they were so close to God or whatever. You know, they said it closer to God. Just the easy the more portal, I guess. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. They said the closer you are to God, the harder the devil works on you or something like that. That's what I think I used to remember hearing back in the day. Um, yeah. But like, mo- yeah, true. But like most of these uh, instances of people being haunted or having the shit, most people can't just up and leave. Yeah, have the money. you're kind of no, stuck. Yeah, most people can't afford that. Yeah. Same thing with this family. Right. They're, they yeah. couldn't really afford this fucking up and leave. I mean, you can't just up and leave. You know, a lot of people can't do that. So they had. I'm in a lease. I can't just up and leave. Yeah. So you got to stay there, man. Um, So I wonder if that'd be a way to get out of your lease. That's been that's been, Mister Landlord. I'd like to get out of my lease because my house is possessed by demons. That has been uh, on the books in in certain cases. I can't stay on the ground. I love it when you're house hunting. And you see the, not haunted. the sale sign that says not haunted. Yeah, <laughs> motherfucker, that place is haunted. I don't want that house, and I want one that's haunted. Sign me up. So this is where it gets kind of crazy, too. All right. As if it weren't crazy before. It wasn't crazy before with the, the shit. And the, the, if the, the thing for me is the fucking quality of the advice these people <laughs> are giving these. Seriously, though. Okay, so let's get into this. Now she's going to take, she took the advice of the church, you know, by fucking clean her house like she cleaned she, the toilet she cleaned it. the toilet up with ammonia and bleach you know and did it got that done so now she's gonna take the advice of the clairvoyant mm. who says she should build an altar in her basement yes. <laughs> never a good thing now create a cult <laughs> so she puts an altar in her basement right you know white sheets white candles and statue of mary joseph and jesus on it and Open up the Bible of Palm 91. <laughs> All right. She said that uh, there's other people there downed in white T-shirts and uh, wound white scars around their heads. <laughs> These are my people. Sorry. I was thinking about Varsity Blues. <laughs> my people. My people. <laughs> Where's bacon? <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> what do you mean is that boy or girl? Looks like sausage on a thing. <laughs> Penis, penis, penis. Vagina, vagina, vagina. Yes, yes. Here we go, guys. Okay, we love that movie. We're back. We're we're back. We're back. We're back. Yeah, we do. So, also on the clairvoyance advice, they burn sage and sulfur throughout the house. I've never heard of. I've never heard of burning sulfur ever (laughs) in my life. I burnt some sulfur just before you guys came. (laughs) Now I put out some sulfur, (laughs) but I ain't never burnt. No, but I've never heard of that uh, burning sulfur. Down some timber. (laughs) Anybody ever heard of that burning Uh sulfur? That's that's I don't get it. Now I've heard of you know no sage smell whenever there's like Uh you know demonic forces. So that's kind of weird. It's the fact that. Yeah, for, for they're to recommending the to burn sulfur. You know, that's it's weird. one thing that they never talk about in this is any kind. Because typically, kind of when when you're in a haunting situation or like this place, a demonic situation, it's always accompanied by some sort of smell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you if you guys know, but a lot of times, uh, just before a haunting. People claim that they smell uh, fresh roses. I've heard that too. Um, then there's the other, the sulfur kind yeah. of smell with a demonic possession, yeah. mm-hmm. different things the like rotting that. They never talk about it. Rotting meats and yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's crazy um, that they didn't ever even say anything like that, though. Well, so they've got well, all this, but they <laughs> don't have... While we're in the basement and you're talking about the altar, I want to bring something up here real hey, quick. Yeah. So one of the things that I that really interest, interested me was the basement steps. So we're going to put a visual out here, guys. So you open the basement door, you go down a set of open back steps, which means if you walk down them and turn around, you can see through the steps. Um, underneath the staircase was fresh dirt. You could see where somebody had broke the concrete out yeah. underneath the set of stairs. Hmm. Why? Yeah, what, why? What is in that dirt? What? Now, there is, later on in the story, they talk about how they go and they search for a pentagram yeah. Yeah. drawn in that dirt. But what's the reasoning behind that? I don't understand. Well, you know, just speaking, you know, speaking on, the uh -huh. on the pentagram thing, you guys remember I showed you that picture a little while back of that building? Yep. Yes. They had it built into the... Right. I mean, right. I mean mm -hmm. this building's and super old. I sent that picture to a couple people... And a couple people got back to me, and they said that may be a Freemason Masonic symbol. Well, I think you're, I think they're right because I also just noticed uh, probably a week ago I was same town, mm -hmm. basically same area. Multiple houses have that. Okay. I pulled up this one house and same rock. It's this is probably made in I'd say the '60s. 50, 60, yeah. somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah, maybe. Um, Old structures. Uh, but the same style rock. Mm -hmm. This house uh, had... Like it. flagstone. It's flagstone, yeah, yeah. With that thick grout. Right. That. Yeah. Right. Um, but anyways, I pull up to this house, and it's got one on each side of the door. Really? Hmm. I'm like, huh, okay. And then I was at another house. This one was out in the middle of nowhere, and they had it. And the same thing, I found one on the side. You should ask him when you I've been looking. package. I've been well, like, hey, house, do you mind if he, I ask you something? Talk to the neighbor? Yeah, well, I, well, I know who owns yeah. it. I can probably get into well, that place. I don't know what that was. but right, uh, We just dang. Sorry. We dang. just dang it dang. Well, yeah. Um, anyways, guys, just talking about the pentagram thing. It kind of pops up quite a bit of yeah, places, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, why, what's up with the dirt? And yeah. who was digging that up under the yeah. basement there, you know? Right. And it wasn't like this dirt was dug up and mounded. It was just dirt. Yeah. But still, why was that portion of the basement, why was that concrete broke out? Yeah. I don't know. Huh. And they even, you know, and you would think, okay, did they not pour concrete there? But there was even a part in the story where they talk about it was jagged along the edge like it had somebody, been broken out yeah. at some point by somebody. Now, it wasn't broken out by this family or anything. It was like that when they moved in. But yeah. So, who knows? back into their story, you know, uh, at this point, they do this little ritual. They burn the sage and everything, and they burn the fucking uh, sulfur. And it's, like, so thick they can't even really breathe, you know? So, like, then they're making crosses with the sulfur and all this other stuff and whatnot. Well, stuff kind of subsided for just a few Two days or so, but then they got real worse. And this is where the possessions happen. Right. You know, um, the mother and the children, seven, nine, and 12, you know, all started getting possessed. Yep. Their eyes will be bulged out, like evil smiles, you know, Growling. on their faces. Yeah, deep growl voices and stuff like that. Um, now, this is kind of how 
we were talking about this is an interesting family mm-hmm. because um, a they were super religious, but also the mother said that the demons didn't affect her because she was born with protection from evil. She said that she and others like her have guardian have a guardian who protects them. So, you know, I mean, who knows? I can't yeah. sit here and bash no. and say that they're not. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about how I thought I was part of something more important or going to be or whatever, you know? So who am I to say that this you lady... Are, you're part of the fucking Horror Chronicle. Yeah! yeah. <sighs> Hell yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, guys. Um, so, yeah, this is where it gets kind of cool. I mean, cool is a weird way to put it, but interesting. We'll put it that way. Interestingly enough. Interestingly yeah. no- enough. <laughs> but uh, now, Eamon said that she felt weak and lightheaded, um, kind of like warm feverish when she was possessed. Her body would shake, and um, she wouldn't have any control of her body. Yeah. And stuff like that, you know. Um, now, the youngest boy, who was seven at the time, would sit in the closet, and he would talk to someone, another boy, who no one else could see and this little boy would describe to him what it was like to be killed so imagine your seven-year-old sitting there talking about how they're talking to someone that you can't see mm-hmm. and they're talking to him about how they got how it is to be killed that's fucking freaky that's crazy yeah that know? is crazy and then um the same seven-year-old once Flew out of the bathroom as if he had been thrown. So basically, like someone picked him up and threw him out of the fucking bathroom. God. You know? Um, well, that's because she was in there with the fucking bleach and the ammonia. Kind of the <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> we got to clean this house. Cleanse it. Um, this house is cleansed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. And then uh, one of the children, uh, a headboard had hit her in the head, flew and hit her in the head so hard that she had to get stitches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, How many stitches did they say? Did they? Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Yeah. Um, It was probably 666. Oh, yeah. How dare you? 999. 666. But yeah, the 12-year-old would later, she's the one who got hit in the head, would later tell uh, mental health professionals that she sometimes felt as if she was being choked and held down um, and couldn't speak and couldn't move. Um, she said she heard voices that, would, that told her that she would never see her family again and that she wouldn't live for another 20 minutes. That's kind of weird to me. Um, I could see, you know, the you're never going to see your family again or something, yeah, but yeah, to yeah. say, hey, you're not going to live for another 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, why you got to be so specific, bro? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, and I mean, the family, you know, they're starting to get these possessions. And so they spend some nights living or staying in hotels. Yeah, because it's getting so intense. I mean, you got to think. So of, intense. You got to think about it. You got your family getting thrown out of fucking. The you know, children. They're messing with the children. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> But for real, though, I mean, things were getting hella fucking intense. I'd be wanting to put my family in a hotel for sure. Yeah, you got to start thinking, is it uh-huh. us or is it, is it us or is it the house? Exactly. I mean, there's some ways you can figure <laughs> that out, you know. Um, well, if 
finally, in desperation, they went and they uh, talked to their doctor, of all people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even going to attempt to fuck. You want to try and fuck say that last name? Do it. Kowski. No. No, no, no. Dr. Gre- Jeffrey Onyenyukwan. Uh, oh, there you go. Onyekwa. Anyways. Sorry, guys. Sorry <laughs> for the mispronunciation. We're going to call him Dr. O. Yeah, we're going to call him Dr. O-Face. Yeah, Dr. O-Face. <laughs> I like it. Oh, oh, oh. oh Billy. But uh, <laughs> anyways, so they talked to the doctor, and this was on April 19th, 2012. So this isn't that old of a story, guys. Um, she told him everything that was going going on. Um, and the doctor was like, this is crazy. You know, well, um, 20 years, he said he's never heard anything like this in his life. He said he was actually scared, you know, talking to him about it. But, um, in his, you know, notes and stuff, he would say that they were hallucinating, having delusions of ghosts and, uh, history of ghosts at the house and this and that. So at this point in time, the doctor's like, um, yeah. I can't do nothing for you. Yeah, these people are crazy or whatever, you know. <laughs> but it gets fucking good. The way. This is where it gets, this is one of the craziest shit. And then we talked to you guys about how there was people who seen this and seen the instances happening. And it just adds more verification and proof that this really happened. This part's amazing. <laughs> yeah. This part's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so... Uh, they, they also talked to the DCS, they call it, uh, in the story. Yeah, the Division of Children's Services. Yes, um, and medical staff and whatnot. And they were all there at the same time. There was medical staff in this room. There was DCS people in this room. And they were going over with everything and talking about, you know, just the child abuse, is this or that. So, <laughs> all right. They're talking, this lady from the DCS or whatever is talking to um, one of the children. At this point, the sons are like cussing out the doctor, and he's like dark, demonic voices and shit, you know. And it's like, time to die. Yeah. So I the will me- kill you. <laughs> the, so the medical staff said that the youngest, the young boy, was lifted and thrown into the wall with nobody touching him. No. All right. This is in front of the fucking medical staff. Right. And in front of the DCS. <clears throat> I mean, so this kid gets this, this kid gets picked up and thrown to a fucking wall at the hospital. All right. Okay. So the boy just abruptly passes out and would not come to. So um Rosa, which is the mom, right? She is holding the boy, you know, and rocking him back and forth. She would be his grandmother. Yeah, his grandmother. Um, so someone um, from the doctor's office called the cops, called 911 <laughs> from the hospital, or from the doctor's office, I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. and uh, said that seven or eight, it said it took seven or eight police officers that sh- and multiple ambulances showed up. Uh, everybody was around and could not figure out what the hell happened to this boy. And again... You know, there's people who witness this, so they know that the parent, that the mom's not making up some fucking story about, no, I didn't throw my kid up against the wall, you Walk, know? Walking up walls, man. So they took this kid to the boy's uh, 
to take the boys to the Methodist Hospital um, on campus in uh, Gary, Indiana, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so they said the personnel at the hospital laughed at him at first. Um, laughed at the that uh, her desire to anoint. So she was sitting there telling the doctors and the nurses that she wanted to rub olive oil in the shape of crosses on her on her children, and they're kind of like mocking her about it. Um, the boys. So the boy woke. The boys woke up in the hospital. The older boy, who was nine at the time, acted like okay. You know, he was good, but. The youngest was like screaming and thrashing around and stuff like that. Um, they said that it took like five men to hold this fucking nine-year-old boy down. So what's that tell you? You know, um, superhuman strength or whatever, She's supernatural so strength. Supernatural strength, you would say. Um, she said it took, uh, like I said, it took five men to hold him down. Meanwhile, someone called the DCS and asked the agency to investigate the mom at the time. Right. right. Um, for possible abuse and neglect, you know. Um, the caller who isn't going to be named, you know, uh, called and reported that uh, the Amens might have mental illnesses. Like the whole fucking family. <laughs> it's all in their heads. Uh, it's in your head. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Uh, so basically they thought that the kids were faking it for the mother trying to make it something that's not for money or whatever it may have been Um, for fame yeah fame money whatever maybe it was at Mount what the fuck is that Munchausen by proxy. Munchausen by proxy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, I'm a smart son of a bitch. You are. (laughs) (laughs) That's high. That's high. But um, the DCS uh, family case manager, Valerie Washington, was asked to handle the case. And she gave, like, a report uh, at the um, office of what what happened and stuff, you know. So she said that... um, the children uh, were found to be healthy, you know, no cuts and bruises, none of that stuff. Um, no and abuse. The psyche yeah, valves, yeah. si- all of yeah, sound they mind. Didn't, didn't meet the criteria yeah. of an abused child. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is where it gets kind of fuck crazy, too. So, as she was speaking to, as Washington was speaking, to the family in the hospital, whatever, she spoke with the seven-year-old boy. He started growling at her with his teeth showing and everything, and his eyes rolled back in the back of his head, okay? Now, this is from the case, make. This is from the, the case lady who's running the case on this from the DCS. So the boy locked his hands around his older brother's throat and refused to let go until people had to pry his hands off of him. And later in the evening... Uh, Washington and one of the nurses, um, who they name in here, Willie Lee Walker, uh, brought the two boys into a small exam room for an interview, and um, their grandmother joined the interview too. Uh, the seven-year-old stared into his brother's eyes and began growling again, telling him it's time to die, and that he will kill. I will kill you, and he said that all in like a demonic voice. Coming out of a fucking seven-year-old. Yeah. In front of all these people. 
Um, so while the younger boy spoke, the older brother started headbutting his grandmother in the stomach. He was trying to get away. It's fuck crazy. Let me get back in there. Get in there. Uh-huh. Get in there. <laughs> uh, so the mother grabbed her grandson's hand and started praying. Now, this is where some crazy shit happens in front of this DCS uh, uh, lady and the nurse and the grandmother. Um, so they're talking. Um, they're talking to the nine-year-old this time. And this is Walker, who is the nurse, is talking to the nine-year-old and uh all of a sudden, he said that she got a weird. He got a weird grin, walked backwards up the wall to the ceiling, and then flipped over his grandmother, landing on his feet. He never let go of his of his grandmother's hand at this time. Yeah. So, this kid fucking does this. Walks backwards up this wall, up to the ceiling, and then lands on the ground without ever letting go of his grandmother's hand. Nope. In front of this nurse. It's yeah. fucking crazy. And, and there was there was a, a thing in there about the doctor thought that, you know, maybe this kid's some sort of acrobat or something. Oh, come on. Yes. Yeah. And the doctor said, well, can you do it again? Well, the doctor asked him, he said, so he, he walked the wall. He's like, no, he floated yeah. backwards up. And over and then down without ever letting go. He's like, he didn't yeah. walk. He floated. <laughs> That's what the nurse said. He said that, uh, that the boy glided backwards on the floor, up the wall, and the ceiling, and then back down. So the doctor's thinking that this kid's just some kind of acrobat or whatever. And, but realistically, he's probably possessed that's yeah. one talented kid you know um so the doc the the nurse the washington like he ran out of the room he's freaking out at this point in time you know which we probably all would be if we'd just seen some fucking kid fucking doing some houdini shit um while he's being possessed by a yeah. fucking demon you know yeah he's like i just wanted a normal night <laughs> i just want to f- <laughs> Yeah. It's funny because he said that uh, he's like he's like that was crazy. I was like everybody got to go. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, that just cracks me the Poor fuck guy. up, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he told he told the doctor what happened, um, and he said that the doctor asked him, "Well, we'll see him do it again." And Walker told the doctor, "He's like, look, I don't think he can do that again. He was not in the same state of mind." At the time, so mm-hmm. he he evidently thought that the kid had was possessed or whatever at this time, um, and then again, like we said before, the boy said he didn't remember doing that. So crazy, yeah, it is. Once they, you know, that's the and to me, you know, that's the scariest thing about all the possession shit and whatnot. You have no control. Yeah, we kind of said it's like around like alien situation. What was so creepy about aliens is that if some of the stories you have no control. No. Nah. Well, this kid didn't get a probe in his ass. He floated up a wall. Yeah. yeah. Well, how do you know? He can't remember what happened. Well, Sign me true. up. You know what happened. I don't want to know what happened. No, I do. <laughs> I do. Now, Walker, at the point, it said that he did. He was a spiritual guy. You know, he did believe in spirits and demons and that stuff. 
And um, he said that he had a feeling that, you know, the kid definitely was, you know, possessed or whatever. So, um, you know, they spent the night at the hospital uh, with a seven-year-old or whatever because of what happened. They had to do tests and just kind of watch him, you know. Yeah, they um, probably hooked him up with the yeah, scanners the in the head. Brain scanners. Yeah. And... Um, so they go to uh, the rest of the family goes up to visit some relatives uh, in Gary. Um, the next day, the youngest son's eight was a youngest son's eighth birthday. Uh, the DCS had asked him to come back down um, with the children and whatnot to the hospital so they could do some more talking about you know what the fuck happened the night before. Oh yeah, I'm sure after that, never all of them would be lab rats. Um, so this point is where they tell them, you know, that the kids, uh, won't be coming home. DCS took the emergency steps to take custody of the children without a court order. Now, you know, this is where it's like, what the fuck? How are you going to, you know, take someone's kids? It's obvious that if someone was abusing their children, they wouldn't be taking them to the fucking hospital to get checked out. Yeah, oh, right. absolutely not. That's the one thing. I, You know, you, you do see a lot of people abusing their children. It does happen quite often. But what you don't see them people doing is taking them to the fucking hospital. Right. No. To get checked out. So, I mean, and when you have nurses and people who work for the fucking DCS saying they've seen this shit. Right. Lots of witnesses. Mm. Lots of records. It's like, how how can you take someone's kids from them? Yeah, that's rough. So, but they said they took them because the children were experiencing spiritual and emotional distress. Yeah, they were. Yeah, no shit. You're being possessed spiritual. by a fucking demon. <laughs> you know, and the kids were you know, all crying and whatnot and not wanting to be separated, which they would do, which is a sad situation. Especially considering that they have proof that, you know, these kids, something, there's something more here going on than normal science can say. And they're still going to take your kids from you. Um, and the mother was really worried about this because she felt like the only way that they survived so long and that they made it through it was because they stuck together and they, yeah, they, they fought it as a, everything together as a family, as yeah. a family. Yeah. that that family union that unit force, that power that the love of yes. the family is what kept it kept it together that which energy. you see in the conjuring when they mm-hmm. talk about you know that's the, that's what kept them together and you know the fight the love for your children and whatnot which i'm gonna tell you you know having kids you you never think you could love something so much till you have children, and then it's a fucking whole other level. So I mean, I understand. Uh, at this point in time is when uh, I believe the Reverend. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, when they get the church involved. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Maginet. Maginet. Sounds good. I think it's Magano. Magano? I think is how that's pronounced. Magano. I could be wrong, but sounds good to me. Magano. <laughs> um, he was leading a Bible study. Um, he received a call from the hospital chaplain, and uh, Magano had been a priest 
at the St. Stephen's uh, Martyr Parish in Maryville for more than 10 years. And he had never received a request like this one. The chaplain asked him to perform an exorcism at the hospital. That's right, guys, an exorcism. But he had to get that cleared through the diocese. Yep. And the diocese doesn't typically approve exorcism. No. Yeah, it's very hard for that to happen. They've got to have a lot of... Real evidence. uh, Yeah, evidence and... Well, they have to rule out all natural Mm -hmm. causes. Right. All that stuff. So he visited them in um, their home on April 22nd, 2012, for about two hours or so. Um... They told him everything that had happened. And then uh, the grandmother interrupted the interview at, um, to point out a flickering bathroom light. Mm-hmm. So the bathroom light was flickering. Um, each time, Magan, what'd you say? How'd Magano. you say? Magano walked over to investigate, which he attributed to a demonic presence. Yeah, because every time he went to investigate the light, it would stop flickering. Mm-hmm. And he said, it must be scared of me. He later told the... Yeah. Yeah, sure it is. <laughs> Don't talk tough, son. <laughs> you so strong. Um, so uh, they kept pointing out things like the blinds in the kitchen were swinging. And the um, evidently the preacher um, or the priest seen the wet footprints going through the living room uh and uh they're having headaches and all that fuck all the all the stuff that you would stages and um after you know hours or so uh the priest said he was convinced the family was being tormented by demons he said he also believed there were ghosts in the house so this place is just like a fucking it's a portal to hell there it is there it is and uh he blessed the house before he would leave you know prayers and reading the bible Mm -hmm. and whatnot and the whole holy water and all that stuff and i mean i can go blow for blow but this thing goes forever i mean the stuff that happened in this case yeah um is there anything specific that you want to mention some of the some of the interesting stuff was like so they got to a point where they get they get all these people to come back to the house, and the Washington, the lady Washington uh-huh. that was the DCS worker, mm-hmm. she could not make it. So they sent this other woman, and her name her last name was Iliac or Ilac or something like that. Yeah, and she went out to the house. Uh, it was her, uh, this Magano. Uh, the sheriff, or not sheriff, but the, the chief, chief uh, mm-hmm. Austin was his name, yes, and uh, two other officers, and they went out to look through the house uh, to see, you know, just check it out to check it out. Yeah. yeah. Investigate it. So uh, as they they went to the basement, the the Ilac lady, which was worked for DFS. She uh, had noticed there was this uh, strange fluid down in the basement dripping. Yeah, and she said whenever she touched it, it was like it was like water, but it was really slick. 
but yet it would be sticky between your fingers. It was just a strange fluid. Substance, yeah. KY. Well, <laughs> the two officer, two, the two officers that were there, they also went into one of the bedrooms, and in one of the bedrooms, the same fluid was on a Venetian blind. And so they decided to do a test. So these two police officers, they wiped, they grabbed some paper towels and they wiped all this fluid off these Venetian blinds. Yeah. And they went out of the room and they sealed the room and stood outside the room for, it was either 20 or 25 minutes. Yeah. And when they went back in the room, this fluid was on the blind again. Dude. And nobody can explain where it was coming from. Was it ectoplasm? It could have been ectoplasm. It could have been some of that damn uh, olive oil she was spreading all over the place, too. Oh, man. Fucking seeping out of the walls. Gallons Um, in the attic. But, um, yeah, I mean, and then, I mean, it comes, the case comes, like, I don't know if there's any more interesting things you want to talk about it, but once it comes to the end of it, um, the family... The family at this point, Stupid so at, at the point I'm talking where they yeah. go in and do this little investigation, the family, the Latoya and her mother, yeah. they have moved to Indianapolis. They actually drove back to be there. Yeah. Uh, well, like the uh, the DFS worker, she had like some sort of panic attack inside the house and decided she needed to get out of there. So she went outside. Latoya never would go in the house with them. She didn't want anything to do with it. No, she's uh, out. So at that point, all you've got is Magano, uh, Chief Austin, and the other two police officers in there when the strangeness with the fluid is occurring. And, uh, and then awesome. basically... Well, awesome, but... Basically, yeah. <laughs> awesome as it can be. Yeah. <laughs> and then basically... What ends up happening is they do another exorcism mm-hmm. on the mother. They did. They actually did three exorcisms on oh, her. Yeah. They did two in English and one in Latin. Yeah. Um, and this Magano finally got approval from the diocese to do an exorcism. Um, and he prefer- performed three exorcisms on her at, at different stages, different yeah. times. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, the last one that he did in Latin was inside the church. And all three times that he did these exorcisms on her, uh, she would convulse and, you know, shake real bad. And yeah. uh, he would take his crucifix and put it on her body, and she would, like, flinch away from it. Yeah. And, you know, it was uh, very, uh, very strange. You know, and then after the exorcism, the third one finally, you know, she felt it was gone. She felt relief. Whatever it was. What was what was uh, one of the things that I thought was cool was is he was trying to come up with the names of the demons that were possessing. Yeah, you try her. to get their, you try yeah. to get the names so that he can use their name uh-huh. to push them out. Yep. Um, and one of the one of the demons that she so what what happened was her and her mother got online and started looking at different demons and trying to figure out this is what's happening in the house this this demon is trying to know, compare to uh, other comparing it yeah. to what 
what demons do what or whatever. With, for sure. So the one, the first one that they came up with was Beelzebub. <sighs> Beelzebub is the demon of flies. Uh huh. Which you know uh-huh. Beelzebub from, like we mentioned earlier. Mm. You know, uh, Amityville Hort. Yep. Right? Uh, you know, and then because uh, usually well, with- down down here would it be Beelzebubba? <laughs> My. <laughs> Hey, what's your name, Damon? Come here, Bubba. Beelzebubba. Beelzebubba. <laughs> Bubba Hotep. But yeah, so, you know, in the end, it came out that the family is better, and they moved out and everything, yeah. and it, this story, guys, is just really cool because there's so much evidence. There is. There so is. many witnesses. So, the interesting thing about the story, though, is, so... This uh, Amon's family did not own this house. They were renters. Um, <clears throat> the people that lived in the house before them had never experienced anything within the house, never had any issues, nothing. Um, and then the family that lived there, well, I don't think it was a family. I think it was a single man that lived there after her, after her family, Live there. He never said he saw anything or yeah. or nothing. Yeah. So you know, it really makes you wonder. You know what was attached to her exactly inside that house. Exactly. It was probably and it was affecting the whole family. Right. Well, it, right. it's like I said. It was probably like a oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A fucking perfect storm. Yeah. The that right combination family. of. Yeah. That particular religious family moving mm-hmm. into that particular house that had some crazy shit going on. Oh, yeah. And then once you feed into that right. just a little bit, it can keep going. And it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Right. You know. So, yeah, guys, this is a great fucking story. It, it is a cool story, but we got to finish it out with With, with how Zach. the house ended. With <laughs> How the house met its demise. So we talked in the beginning that there's a movie out there called Demon House. Um, it was a movie that was filmed around Zach Baggins' investigation of that house. Whenever he heard the story, he got very interested in it, and he went out, and he he checked the house out. Well, the house ended up being for sale, and he ended up purchasing this house for $35,000. Once he purchased the house, his crew went in there, full-on investigation, and they stayed there, Several days. Yeah. And in that time, they, if you watch the movie, there's some really cool stuff in there. I, like I said, I'm not a big Zach Baggins fan. He's an okay guy. I, I like what he does. I wish I could do what he does. Um, <clears throat> if you watch the movie, there's some very cool stuff in there, some very cool scenes that they caught on camera, some very strange EVPs that they caught. Um, just a whole lot of really creepy shit. Yeah. Um, Zach Baggins ended up <clears throat> believing that this dwelling was so infested with demonic, yeah. uh, you know, entities, entities yeah. that uh, once he was done with his investigation, he had the building destroyed. He had the house tore down and the lot leveled. So that nobody would ever have to deal with that again. Yeah. Which, in his defense, makes me respect him. 
Because he could have very easily made that a moneymaker. He oh, could easily. have. He could have. Um, but like we said earlier, he did take... Uh, Zach Baggins has a really cool uh, museum. It's uh, it's in Las Vegas. I want to go so bad. Yeah. And he, uh, he took the staircase leading to the basement out of the house before he had it destroyed. And that staircase is in his museum in Vegas. Um, now, why the staircase? Well, I, if I had to venture a guess, it's probably because of the amount of activity that the family claimed about the constant footsteps up and down the staircase. Door yeah. Uh, the door creaking. I still don't understand the dirt under the staircase, but you know, we'll never know now the place is gone. Yeah. But if you get online and you check this place out, there are some really cool pictures out there. And in fact, we talked about one. Ryan's got one in his phone. We're going to put up on the screen uh, here, that we're going to put up here. If you're watching, uh, you can see it now. There's a really cool picture of the outside of the house and you can see the form of a humanoid type silhouette in the window. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, it's clear as day. I mean, you yeah, can see it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. And the house was completely empty at the time. Yeah. There, there was nobody in there. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, but, yeah, crazy story. Great crazy story, story, guys. A lot of evidence. Uh, yeah. A good one to get into. And it'll lead you down a rabbit hole. And yeah. You guys should watch that movie uh, or that documentary, I guess, yeah. whatever you want to yeah. call it. Yeah. Um, called demon house demon house it's really good and uh yeah guys that's an interesting story that i came across i'm like man we should do this one um there's so much evidence in it that and people witnesses mm-hmm. you know so from all from all aspects walks of life. Of li- yeah, yeah all yeah. walks of life i mean it's so check it out guys we hope yeah. you guys enjoyed that one um we're gonna end this one guys but you know we love you we're gonna keep on putting one out like we always do Always. Uh, that's what we're here for. Definitely check out YouTube. If you're not, subscribe to our YouTube page, guys. We've got some stuff coming down the pipe. It's going to be awesome. And uh, come over check us out on Facebook. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyways, until next time. Keep, keep it creepy. creepy.